floating on the wind Your heart was made for flying How's it going everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Front Yard Sock presented by We The People Sports. I am one of your hosts, Ben Weisel, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sam Greenberg. Sam, how you doing? We're doing good. Well, you know what's funny? The past, I feel like the past, every time we do this podcast, it always is on a loss. Do I feel, am I wrong yeah. about that? I mean, well, we did it last week when they lost to the, or the Wednesday when they lost to the Phillies, so. I'm trying to be pumped when I get onto this podcast and, I, and I'm feeling, I'm feeling down to the dumps. Well, no, I mean, but nobody beats. Um, the the coming off the Yankee, the four game sweep of the Yankees. That podcast was sweet. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's true. That was a hype one. Hey, you're mm. doing pretty good at you know these these intros, man. You you're practically a a full on uh, host. I mean, we're we're episode number nine right now, so I've had nine shots plus all the other takes that no one's heard. Um, so isn't that crazy that we've done nine already, dude? It's it's. I mean, that's the thing. Is like. These podcasts are so much fun, and it just seems like, like I mean, we just do it for fun. And it's actually sweet that we're starting to get some people um, tuning into Twitter and all that stuff um, with questions and people supporting the podcast. Um, it's it's just been awesome. It's been really fun to talk talk about the Red Sox, um, and it's sort of I mean I feel bad because I haven't had as much time to keep up with my blog. I haven't posted anything um, in probably like about a week now. Um, I'm gonna try oh, yeah, and get that going. That. I'm gonna try and get that going again, um, especially hey, as we go busy. down the stretch. Yeah, yeah, I've been busy though. Um, so it's—I mean—that makes it tough. But again, we love doing these podcasts. Um, Every—I mean, we're pretty consistent. Wednesday, Sunday, we'll have them out. Monday, Thursday, um, which is which has been sweet. Uh, so with that said, uh, we're gonna try and switch things up and sort of just talk about the series recap rather than like rattle through the games. Um, try a little bit more of a free-flowing format um, with uh, and so I think overall this series is pretty boring do you think really yeah I mean I wasn't really a- able to watch that much of it well yeah you know what uh, you're kind of right it, it I mean by all terms it was like boring like uh like type of thing but I thought I thought this series was really good um, for for a lot of people on the team, especially our bullpen, our bullpen, uh, for the most part played phenomenal. Yeah. So, and, and, and those are, when I say bullpen, I'm saying Heath Henry had a couple of great outings. Uh, Brazier had a great outing. Uh, Matt Barnes is the only one that was kind of like, eh, you, and Joe Kelly looked great too. And then Kimbrell looked finally awesome again. So it was some positive things to see against a race team that, uh, just doesn't stop winning for some reason. Yeah, I think, too, it's one of those things where um, with the Red Sox, like this weekend proved that they can win a game in, like, so many different fashions. Um, and that, like, oh, it also proved that David Price is, in fact, good at pitching. Oh, my God. I don't know why we keep having to explain this to people. Yeah, I mean, his his stuff just looks so much better than – it did even when he was still dealing. Like he's got, he's he sort of like turned into a left-handed Porcello a little bit, where he's like ninety-two to ninety-four with like four-seam, two-seam curveball cutter, knuckle curve changeup, and the changeup is lights out. 
Oh my God, he has been. I, did you watch that game? Uh, I got. I watched. Uh, I watched like a highlight reel of Price's stuff. Oh, he um, was painting. He was. Yeah. He was Picasso up on the mound. He was literally dotting zones. Yeah, um, which is all, all you can ask from that guy. I think it's it's funny how there's a lot of talk about like oh because it's sort of sort of similar thing happened with CC like big power lefty sort of loss of velocity and the stuff wasn't there so he had to quote quote unquote reinvent himself and people are like oh like we gotta see so we gotta like have price reinvent himself like no he's working it out by himself like as he's lost his stuff his change up away to righties has become probably one of the most lethal pitches on the Red Sox staff behind Kimbrel's fastball and Chris Sale's slider um and it's I mean he's now putting up ridiculous numbers they've won what 13 out of his last 15 starts you said 15 out of his last 17. Oh shit. That's pretty good. Yeah, but that that's not like pitcher wins, that's like the team wins. The team winning. Yeah, I, if we could just eliminate win loss, um we would just be in a whole better place uh especially for pitchers cuz I mean if people still look at wins and losses and then tries to depict if they're a good pitcher or not, you're you're not so smart. Yeah, no, completely agree. Um with that said, game 1, I think that someone who's finally starting to receive recognition is Brian Johnson. He goes out and he gives up three in the first inning. Sort of the similar thing that happened with the Yankees in the first game um, at Fenway where you're like, oh, God, like this is going to be the start where BJ kind of falls apart. And like tough beginning. And then he just settled down and gave the Red Sox an additional four and two-thirds of no no run ball. Um which, I don't even think he allowed a hit after that first inning. I think he allowed maybe one hit over the next, like, four innings. Yeah, and, I mean, still, you, he put the Red Sox in a place to win, but you don't like a guy given put, – put, like, like having your team in a 3-0 deficit by, like, for the first time they come up to bat. Um, but he settled down. He's pumping 88 in of his own consistently. Um, he's just like – He's just like a – I feel like he's a more, like, humble Drew Pomerantz. He was sort of like a – like, beginning of the year, everyone viewed him as sort of like a poor man's Drew Pomerantz, and he's just, like, busting it in there right at 88 every time with an absolute hook. Uh, Corey's been giving him some high praise, too. Well, of course. He's literally coming in filling in for whoever needs a break, um, and he's no, doing he's, his job. he's been, like – I mean, do you still call these spot starts anymore? Because he's he's in the rotation right now. So I, I I was thinking about this. I think that you still could technically like you still technically call them spot starts because he does not have a role in the rotation because Eduardo Rodriguez is on the DL and Stephen Wright's on the DL. Like because because there are injuries around the team, he's still technically the fifth starter. Um, mm-hmm. Now well now he's maybe the fourth with Chris Sale um, going on the DL, but. I think you could still technically call them spot starts. And honestly, they're, it's like, why not? Why not call them that? Because if he has a bad, bad outing, then you're just like, oh, whatever. We, we would have had Erod on the mound, maybe different outcome. But you're just taking anything you can get for him, and he's giving you a lot. Yeah, no, I, I, and especially for this series where unexpectedly had Chris Sale out, and, you know, it's, He's just been consistent. Like, it's he does have. It seems like he has that one rocky inning because he has to get it out of his his bones real quick. And then, but you know, after he, the nerves settle down, 
BJ like really does like. I mean, would you want to see him out of the bullpen? Like when Absolutely. would you want to see? When would you want to see him out of the bullpen? Because you know it's going to postseason. Postseason. No, but I'm saying like, what in what scenario oh, do you want oh, to see BJ? What scenario? I don't um, think he's an eighth or a ninth inning guy. No, I think he's not, the only time you see BJ is is if if is if somebody you know gets pulled in the the fourth or the fifth and he needs to go two or three innings. Well, no, but that's the thing is like you can bring him in to face a uh, like. I don't know, for example, face like a D.D. Gregorius and throw like three curveballs and try and get weak contact. You mm-hmm. could bring him into face uh, Francisco Lindor. Like you could bring him into face guys. Like all of a sudden he might become a lefty specialist or you can play the matchup game. Someone doesn't hit the curveball that well or someone really can't protect the, the high and away fastball. Brian Johnson can just throw paint. Um, and he also gives you, most importantly, length in the bullpen because every single team that wins the world series has that sort of guy who is able to provide length. If a game goes into extra innings or uh, they use a team uses seven relievers in a night and they need a guy to come in for the six and the seventh. And I think that that's where we're going to see Brian Johnson. And he's clearly earned the trust of not only the team, but also the fan base. And I think that that is really important because once he goes to the bullpen and once Erod or Eovaldi or whoever in that starting staff gets stuck in the bullpen for the playoffs, we're going to look at this Red Sox bullpen as a much deeper unit. Oh, yeah. You know what else was great about this uh, this game is we got Kinsler and Swihart back. And even though Swihart kind of had a tough series, uh, it's it's good to see those guys back in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, it's also, too, you're allowed to mix it up. Look, the Red Sox are nine and a half games up on the Yankees. They've got a tough schedule coming ahead, but they've proven time and time again that they can win ball games in a number of different ways. So take that and you look at the lineup and you say, we could throw three different guys out there that didn't play last night and still give this team a very, very good shot to win. We're talking about Moreland on the bench. We're talking about Kinsler. We're talking about Swihart, Vasquez when he comes back. Uh, Devers. I mean, this team is deep, and that is something that hasn't really been recognized in a while. Oh, because... they play serious matchup ball. Yeah, serious. And that's what I love about Cora, too, because he is not the type of guy who's putting guys out there to work on statistics or to try and get, um, like, have, like, a good night individually. He's putting guys out there so they can get on base, they can get in a scoring position, and they can be driven in. And yeah, he no. just... It's just, so I, it's, it's just, I was just going to say, it's just phenomenal. Oh, His yeah. managing style fits he, so well. I think he is like, I want to say one of the few managers in the, in the league really taken, um, really taken apart in the analytics of baseball. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't think of another manager like right now um, that's doing what, and, and it's, and it's so funny because Alex Kors definitely has to be in the lead for uh manager of the year. Um, as a first-year manager, too. And he just handles everything with such finesse and ease, and people love him. Like, there's, I don't know anybody that hates Alex Cora right now. I'd say, I'd say the word I'd use for Cora is poise. Yeah. And it's, he's, he, it's not like he's, he's, he's not Bill Belichick. Like, he answers questions and gives really great, um, I wouldn't say in-depth, but insightful uh, responses. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So game one, uh, we go ahead and take that game seven to three. Um, 
by all means was kind of a boring game. The Red Sox bounced back after being down three nothing, which it's like when we get down and by, by a couple runs, I don't, I don't even worry anymore. To be honest, I'm like, well, they'll chip back. You know, they get on base. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is you're like, oh no, they're down three zero, and then you realize the Red Sox could either put up six runs in an inning or they can score six runs six in six consecutive innings, and oh, either one gets the job done. Yeah, it, this lineup is dangerous, and especially right now because everybody's really hitting on all cylinders on the offense. So, game two rolls around. Um, our boy David Price, which we are, you know the only people that have stuck with David Price um, throughout everything that people seem to uh, misinterpret or, or just don't quite understand what he's doing on the mound. They just kind of see a bad start against the Yankees and they, they blow up. They, you know, I don't know what they think, but he comes on pitches, seven beautiful innings, uh, which is funny because I thought he was going to be done after the sixth inning. Cause he had like 92 pitches. And Cora sent him back out there for the seventh and, and let him get the job done. And even after uh first guy that came up, hit a double off of him. So Cora said, this is your ball game. Take it. And uh, he, he ended up proving himself. Had eight strikeouts. Looks beautiful. Yeah, so I don't know. I think that it's time for us to anoint David Price with a nickname. And in Fortnite fashion, um, I'm thinking either Dusty Dave because I do play Fortnite. Bro, I played it like once or twice, and I suck so bad that I was like, I'm not even going to attempt this anymore. Damn. So, I, I mean, I'm I'm big enough Fortnite. I haven't really been playing much this summer. Uh, but I'm thinking either Dusty Dave, because there's a place called Dusty Divot, or Black Knight Price, because, like, one of the member, like one of the like standout skins in the game of Fortnite. Wait, what, um, what was his nickname? What was his David... week... player's weekend nickname? Oh, it's like... um. Oh, okay, uh, keep talking. I'm going to find this. Okay, I'm um, talking. What I've been called, I've just been called it in the horse because Cora said that when that, that, uh, when that ball, that, uh, the, ooh, the, I've got that one. ball game I've got, got one. right down. I've got one. Dark Horse Dave. Dark Horse Dave. But then you're kind of disrespecting him, calling him a dark horse. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong, but oh. – but it's a combination of like the black knight and the the dark like and the horse. Bro, I mean, everybody Dave hates just... him. Why does everybody hate him? Like, and then he doesn't, you know. That oh, okay, well, all... well, the the Eck thing, um, the Eck thing last year was really brutal for like the old timey fans. Yeah, um, but this is a totally different type of ball game now. Mm, Slim Duncan. Oh yeah. Just play. We totally forgot about that. Makes yeah. Like, Zero sense. But... Yeah, I don't understand it either. Um, but um, I'm 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 go dark horse Dave. Dark horse Dave. Yeah, I, I like how you have the horse in there because you know he is a he is the horse, and um, this is big for Price right now. This is, and I think he's starting to win back a lot of people that he should have never have lost in the first place. I mean, he may be a jackass, but you know who isn't? And if you know, people have treated. People have treated David Price so terribly, and especially Boston media, um, that they've the ones that put the narrative of, of this guy as such a the worst person ever. I hope he opts out. Like people need to get over themselves because David Price is an ace, and any other team in the league would have them as their one or two guy. That's like a hundred percent fact. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and 
I, it's just like there's so much confusion around him and the media and just like such a toss-up in Boston, um, which is like it's hilarious because there's not a single person that the Boston media on this team like have has gone after this year because you can't be mad at a team that's 51 games over 500. Like facts. There's there's like nothing about this team. It's I, I like honestly it's kind of inhibited our ability to have like a very controversial podcast like the the biggest topic that's come up in eight episodes was that i was saying bobby dahlbeck should play third base and first <laughs> um i mean okay okay i i'm just gonna say one thing oh my god devers goes to first what after after moreland because dahlbeck's not gonna make it up this year or next year he's probably gonna be in two years and chavis is also still raking but Moreland will be gone by then, and the Red Sox will not have a first baseman. You train up Devers at first base because he does not have – it's like he just doesn't have the mojo at third. And then you've got someone with an absolute hose in Dahlbeck playing third base. And we need to clear some sort of space because this young team is going to have some studs coming through the system, and we need to have so – we need to clear some space for them to come through. Oh, yeah, no, 100% facts. I mean, I still haven't seen the guy play, and – I haven't I'm either, not, dude. You you know how hard it is to see minor league film. I've seen like one. You gotta run. you gotta be in that weird ass town that they play these ball games in. Yeah, dude. Uh, Salem? No, I'm good. I, I mean, uh, literally, it's like it's you. You look at like there's like a video online of Chavis or Dahlbeck hitting a home run in Portland, and it lo- it looks like it was filmed in like 1965. You're like, can we not <laughs> stick like a single bro. camera above home plate? And like get some solid footage so that people who are interested they're, in the uh, farm system can see. Their uh, their color commentators are always so loud too. Like oh, they're so- dog shit. Oh my god, that's a bomb! I'm like, bro, calm down. This is single A highball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean it's, but it's not even like, it's not even just like a generic call. They like sometimes try and like overdo their job to try and get noticed. I'm like, this ball is hit a ton into Lake Ossipee in New Hampshire. What Bro, a shot had... from Dahlbeck. And you're like, you just you just call a home run, man. <laughs> so the other good thing about this, uh, there's two more points I want to hit on this game too. Uh, Kimbrell comes in, uh, goes one, two, three, which you love to see and had a strikeout and, and really looked like he had command of this fastball finally. And then he dropped a couple of those, those curves. Um, that's how he got his strikeouts. But those curveballs look so deadly, and he looks confident throwing them. And also, J.D. Martinez hits his 38th home run, uh, should be 39th home run of the year, and is uh, leading the league so far. Yeah. So, that's, you know, Martinez is not going to stop. You think he's going to get 50? It's going to be close. He's going to hit, like, 47. I hope he gets 50 right on the dot. I, I, okay. Of course, I want him to get fifty. I just don't know if it's going to only happen. twelve more. Twelve more in thirty-seven games. That's true. Yeah, it's it's possible. True. I can see I, that. That that'd be a hot thirty-seven games. I'll tell you that much. Oh my god! Yeah, it's. I don't even know if we want to really run them that hard either. Yeah. So um, we stroll into today's game. Today is Sunday. Uh, you will be listening to this tomorrow on Monday. You'll be going to uh, your jobs that you hate. And you'll be listening to us and enjoying us while you have a miserable day at work. Are you trying? Uh, are you trying to hypnotize them? <laughs> so, um, game three was slow, 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 slow. 
Um, this was a spot start for Hector Velasquez, who gets called back up um, with – and so does Workman um, gets called back up because Hector Velasquez went down, didn't he? Uh, yeah, he briefly, like two days. Yeah, yeah. So he comes back up, makes a great spot start, pitches four innings, uh, only allowed one run. He kind of left a cutter right over the plate, and he got smacked by um, – Joe Wendell. Yep. And uh, who comes in after that? I, I think Workman comes in after that, pitches a couple of great innings. I think he has two innings that he pitched. Um, and then Joe Kelly comes in and pitches a great inning. Keith Henry comes in and pitches a great inning. And Matt Barnes, you know, gets the ninth and gives up a home run. But they looked great. It's just – and guess who was the kryptonite of the Red Sox today? CJ Cron. No. Jalen freaking Beeks. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Not fun. <laughs> that dude fun. was so, bro. I'm telling you, I, Mookie and JD look so frustrated today. Yeah. I've never seen them swing at such terrible pitches. Yeah, but it was, it was. We just couldn't get anything done. We got two hit. It was not pretty. Uh, those two hits belong to Alexander, uh, which we will talk about later. Um, and uh, Ben Attendee, who, who is just quietly having a great season. Yeah. So, so we get the series win. Um, Chris Sale is out. We, you know, this is kind of a weird series, but we look a lot better against the Rays than the Yankees do, and that's kind of where I'll I'll end my my segmental point at. Yeah. So, um, just quick add on. Uh, today's game was. Uh, a 2-0 loss for the Red Sox, and that's all you need to know because yep. it was nothing more than that because it was Wipe it clean. the slowest goddamn game. Yeah, um, and luckily I think they got all their terrible we can't hit the ball um, out now before we head into a really big four-game uh, set against the first-place Indians. I cannot, I cannot wait for that game or that series. It's going to be phenomenal. I know. So, Ben? Is that – does that do it for section one? Yeah, I think, I, think that was, I think we killed that. I think that was a lot better than what our, our boring game recap was. Yeah, I mean, that was sort of just the goal. It's just sort of chit-chat. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm just ready for playoff baseball. This whole thing's just going to be a shit show if we go out in the first round. Um, whoa, so, whoa, whoa. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not implying anything. Like, it's just like it seems like it seems like we're just sort of like – too good like to be going true. Going through. No, I mean, not not that. It just seems like we're just kind of heads down pushing through because these are the dog days right now. Um, and but it they're is not dog days for us. I mean, not for the Red Sox, but it's, I mean, we don't know what it's, neither of us know what it's like to be out there in the scalding heat and traveling every three days to go. Oh, man. To a they new must place have it play. so hard. It's 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 tough, dude. People get tired. Um, with that said, this concludes segment one. Um, we will pick back up with segment two, talking about uh, sort of just some random headlines around the league and also for the Red Sox. Um, so we'll catch you guys in a few. Yeah. I flame it is
Welcome back to segment number two of episode Front Yard Sox presented by We the People Sports. Again, we are your hosts, Ben Weisel and Sam, Green- Sam Greenberg. Mm. Yep, um, Sam Greenberger. Sam Greenberg. Have you seen, did you ever see The Pink Panther? Did you ever watch yeah. that movie? The Hamburger. Hamburger. Samuel Hamburger. Um, but we are going to talk. Um, in this section, a little bit about the alternative headlines uh, of the last couple days. Um, so first, I think that everyone is sort of talking about him um, with JD and Mookie not having phenomenal series offensively. Um, but Xander Bogarts having what is obviously a career year, um, absolutely hitting the lights out of the ball. Um, Sam, what do you have to say? I just like – I. Do you think people are actually talking about him? I mean, yeah. I, there was there's a lot on the broadcast this last series about about Xander and how he's been playing this year. Um, and obviously, it, it makes sense. He's he's killing it. He's just been he's just been so consistent for the Red Sox uh, since 2015. He's been with them since 2013. Um, 2014 wasn't the best of years, but that was obviously not a great year for the Red Sox to begin with. But for the past four years now, this dude – so 2015, batted 320. 2016, 294. 2017, 273. And this year he's at around 280 with, you know, 40 games left. And he's already knocked in 74 RBIs. You know, so he's just one of those guys that, you know, not a lot, not a lot of people talk about Xander because – yeah, Who okay. In fact, got... nobody's talking about Xander. They're all talking about Xander. Whatever. <laughs> Golly. However you want to pronounce an X in his name. We're just going to call him Bogey. Bogues. All right? Bogues. <laughs> uh, where's his war at right now? I got, a, I got his baseball reference pulled up right now. He's at a three war right now. Um, which That's is... why war is a dog shit stat. Is... Yeah, it's just they need to fix it. They need to figure it out. Um but it is it is a good stat, Ben. It just it doesn't work for some players' favor. Yeah, I mean it's just like, in my opinion, with a guy like Xander, like I think it's like what is it five plus WAR is considered like all or four plus five plus WAR is considered all star. Like no, I think it's three. Pl- I think five plus is like MVP. Oh shit! So. If it's three plus, then it's very deserving. I don't know that much about works. I don't really plug into that stat too much. Um, but Xander's definitely an all star. If you'd had it, if you if the all star game was played at the end of August, Xander Bogarts would probably be the number two shortstop in the American League behind um, Francisco Lindor. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I'd probably throw a few others in there, like uh, Turner and. Uh, so uh, American League guys, Sager. American League. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. American League wise, I think he's yeah Lindor, and then maybe you got Bogarts, and then uh, I probably say uh, Elvis Andrus after that. Oh my God, Texas boy. Okay. No, I'm serious. Go look at his stats. Uh, I'm gonna go because I've not I've well, not been just... attention to his stats this year. Um, um, he's been hurt a lot of the year, but he he's had. When he's playing, he's playing good. Uh, so, so what we need to talk about Alexander is um, 
he's, he'll be a free agent in 2020. So he'll have one more year with us, uh, be the arbitration uh, eligible year. So he'll get a little bit more money. I would assume he's getting paid uh, 7.5 million right now, just for this mm-hmm. year. Um, and we have some decisions to make because there's going to be some people we can't resign. Um, we got a lot of big contracts coming up. Mookie is going to have to get signed. Chris Sale is going to have to get signed. JD Martinez is going to have to get his extension figured out. So there's a lot of there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on this offseason that kind of puts Bogarts on the back burner. But I I feel like they, they'll get it done. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree. Um, I think that it's going to be very rare. Like right now, a lot of people are saying right now we're kind of in the golden age of American League shortstops. And obviously, Derek Jeter, one of the greatest shortstops of all time, if not the greatest. So I understand that. But the fact that there are five guys in the American League who could be the starting shortstop is incredible. Um, and so I think that it now is the time um, more than ever to go out and secure Bogey um, yeah. and give him that long term deal. Yeah, because this guy, tell me, would you not want this guy as your your what? Well, he's like a five hole. Is he the five hole mm-hmm. or the six hole? Five. I think he's the five hole. Do you not want this as a five hole so far this year? Batting two eighty, seventeen home runs, seventy four RBIs, OPS is eight seventy. Yeah. I mean, you take that. That 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 literally puts in other people's lineups. You're you're the two hole or three hole. Yeah. And, and and he secretly has 17 homers, which you don't think of Bogey as having a lot of power, but the dude gains strength every year. He he might have 20 plus at the end of the year. Uh, he's gonna. Be, it seems like right now he's gonna be a 20 homer, 95 RBI guy. Which I will take that every oh yeah. single season. Oh yeah. Um. And and he's great defensively. He's made a couple boneheaded plays this past like week, but other than that, he's been on. He is awesome. At, he made a couple plays today. He did one of those Derek Jeter plays first inning today. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, we both agree we want to hold on to. Um, yeah. I, I just, it's going to be so interesting to see what Dombrowski does with um, this Red Sox roster because um, everyone is like this. I'd, I'd be happy having the same team for the next four or five years. I think everyone would. Yeah, but you know how it doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, some people, are, especially with our money situation right now, if you think they want to be paying luxury tax, they might be want to pay it for this year and next year. They're going to have to pay it next year. But I, I tell you what, guys with big pockets don't want to pay extra money at all. Like, that's not how it works. They're just kind of – they want to get that ship right now. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, So uh, – that being said, Bogey having a hell of a season. Um, walk off in Seattle. I was talking to my buddy who is a Division One pitcher. And for me, just sort of like, I mean, we're both very well versed in the rules of baseball and the game of baseball. But still, for me, mm-hmm. it just looked like a fluid motion because he came set. So he came set and then he broke his hands before he stepped off. And because he broke his hands... That was the same as moving forward towards home plate, which is the equivalent to a block once he stepped off. So that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And then no, he didn't. No, it didn't. He didn't break. 
his hands didn't see i was kind of confused because i was like maybe he flinched but i didn't see any flinch but i and a bonk is so like one of those rules that's kind of like eh like it's like a weird it, it's hard to explain the rule because there's so many things that could happen to to, to create a bonk but i think because he didn't bring his hands apart, but he lowered his hand. Yeah, no, so, so that's, that's what I was trying to say. Like, uh, he okay. broke his hand. So he brought him down. He was set at, like, the – he was set at his, like, chest, and then he broke his hands down towards his hips. And because that, that was the equivalent as a move to home plate. That is so dumb because he so nonchalantly did it, and not, nobody was, like, thrown off by it at all, it, you know, and it, and it affected the ball game. They, so they had – bases were loaded in the 10th. And it, they had a balk off, <laughs> like, and it was just so depressing too. Because and they they you can't review it either. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. You think you'd be able to review a balk? Um. So that being said, Seattle, man, Seattle's falling apart, and the A's are hot. Yeah, they they're falling apart, but at the same time, they're still like lingering around, like, and they have a couple more sets with with Oakland and and. Uh, and Houston too, so they're they're gonna have to make the most of. It. I want to see them do it because it's just one of those stories that you would love to see. You know, mm-hmm. you, you always root for the underdog, uh, but they are kind of like since like a month ago they have been falling apart. Mm-hmm. And you know what's crazy? Oakland Athletics gained thirteen games in like a month and a half. Yeah, it, that's crazy. Yeah, absolutely wild. Um. So I, I so I mean Astros won today, um, so unfortunately, um, unfortunately now the A's trail by a game. I would love to see a Yankees Astros one game play in oh, wild card. Would that not be the most epic wild card game ever? Oh, it'd be unreal. I'd watch it. Oh yeah. Who do you think pitches for? I think Tanaka pitches. Yeah, I do too. But Tanaka had a bad bad, bad outing. Um, last time. Yeah, I don't, it's crazy because, and you know, it's crazy if you pitch, you're kind of screwed either way because the series, the, the ALDS starts right after the wild card. There is no breaks. Yeah. You know, so you go pitch your ace and then you don't have him for game one. Yeah. So that's the thing is hopefully the Red Sox, I mean, it looks like they're going to play the wild card team. Maybe we want the ace more. I don't really know how that's going to work. But the one thing that scares me is, like, the A's bullpen, I think, is more untouchable than the Yankees. That's, wow. that's my hot take. With training and Familia, and um, they went out and got that uh, Mike Fires. Um, they've got uh, – what's his face? Um, Trevino. Um, yeah. their, their bullpen is just, like, just they just throw the piss out of the ball, and it is very scary. Oh, and they're not afraid of anybody. They are some like stone cold killers over there in Oakland, in the ugliest field of all time. Oh yeah, I, I mean, have you ever? You've never been out here, right? Never, never been to the West Coast. Well, you kind of live on the West Coast, but that, that's no, that's a, that's an argument I, for another time. I live on the West. Whoa, whoa, whoa! The argument. No, we're gonna end this right now because it's short and sweet. I'm literally smack dab in the middle of Texas. I'm closer to the Gulf of Mexico than I am. The West Coast. What are you talking? About? Do you know what are you studying in school? It's not geography. No. Okay. Uh, moving on. Okay. Moving on. Chris, out of the deal. Okay. Here are my two okay. cents right now. Okay. Listen up and listen good. 
Chris Sale to the DL is not a big deal. Every single year in his career, he has, he has been the victim of late-season shoulder fatigue. And as a result, his stats and his numbers as the season progresses get worse. Do you like to see your ace go on the DL for anything? Absolutely not. The guy is 180 pounds, and he throws 100 miles an hour with a nasty slider sidearm from a very, very challenging arm slot. So, with that said... No, this is not the this is not the discussion we had then. Uh uh-uh. uh no, I do not think that it is anything to worry about. I think it is just shoulder fatigue and the Red Sox have the luxury of sitting him while other people get the job done. And I think that is just like and it's not that big of a deal. He will be back, he will be fine. He came out after the his DL stint the first time and threw five innings of beautiful baseball. Okay, but do you think we're going to ask this question again. Is Chris Sale injured? No. Okay. So he's not injured, but he needs rest, right? Mm-hmm. So tell me why he gets a 10-day DL for inflammation in his shoulder, and then he has a pitch count limit of 75. He's already been off. He was off for two weeks, you know, and then he has a 75 pitch count limit, pitches 68 pitches, pitches very well, and then – Gets shoulder, shoulder fatigue. I don't even want to call it fatigue. He gets shoulder inflammation again after just a 68 pitch start after having all this rest and needs another two weeks. What are you going to do come playoff time? And he's got to pitch game one and then he's got to come back and pitch game four a couple days later. What are we just going to like, if he's having inflammation problems, what do we do? We have to sit him down. You can't affect his overall you know future in baseball by by overworking them so i think it is somewhat a cause for concern knowing that your ace pitcher needs a whole month off and and can't get over a nagging shoulder inflammation that nobody seems to be able to solve like from uh i guess the training staff in boston so here's here's the thing is you don't worry at all because it's not a real issue oh my god so what happens if he has shoulder inflammation in the playoffs? You you throw him? Absolutely. He's said multiple times he could be out there right now pitching without a doubt. I hope it's – I don't want it to be an issue. I just think it's kind of weird. Because yeah, if I, you want to rest him, why 10-day him? I do, I do too. Like, because, I don't know, I think that there's maybe something that we're not seeing where there's an issue in the league with – like, like obviously, if you sandbag as a really good team, it's not great for marketability. And that's something that, that the MLB has been struggling with for the last couple of years is, like, right now, the right, like, this, um, the, the AL East race should be so much closer than it is this year. The Red Sox are just so good, and it's a bad look for the league if they literally just, like, scratch Chris Sale. Yeah. I mean, I, at the end of the day, you hope it's nothing. Uh, at all because come playoff time, like there's a potential that he's going to pitch three games in one series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, in, and I don't want to know that if he has some sort of inflammation after game one, I don't want to throw him out there two more times and, and maybe ruin or, or, or quite seriously damage um, Chris sale for, for the future because, or 
think of this. I thought of this the other day. I, I can't believe I'm just now coming to this. What if they're doing this right now to Chris Sale? Because, I mean, either way, he's going to get the money in the offseason. But what if they're doing this to, like, help, like, litigate not giving him as much? Like, hey, you have some, like, shoulder, you know, injuries that we're kind of concerned about and blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? Um. So, I mean, I think that that's more of a conspiracy theory than anything else. And maybe. Oh, yeah, no, 100% conspiracy. But you know how, you know, people, you know how money works, you know? It's not like they're just handing it out. Oh, yeah, I know. Absolutely. But I think that still, it's not really something. And we, I mean, we just talked about this. If he has shoulder inflammation in game four and he comes up, there's a constant dialogue between the pitching coach, the manager, the pitcher. If he's got issues, then you just throw Erod for four innings, and then you bring in Velasquez or BJ. Like there are options. Oh yeah, no, our bullpen is going to be so deep in in the playoffs. It's it's, it's, it's not, not even, necessarily going to be lights out, but it sure as hell will be deep. Oh my god! And you know what? Uh, silver linings for Sale being on the DL again. Um, this is a great, 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 phenomenal time for David Price to really step in and mm-hmm. lead this bullpen. Uh, he already. Did it this past weekend. Um, he'll have another start uh, pretty soon. Not against the Indians, but uh, wait, maybe is he pitching against the Indians? Uh, yes, he th- will. Game oh, okay. Four. That's great. That is great to hear. So he can really go out there and prove himself against another first-place team. Um, I think it's David Price's time to really hold down the fort in the bullpen, Completely be the leader. Agree. So, Completely agree. Uh, you know, and even though Chris Sale's on the deal, he has, like you said, he's been saying, like, hey, I could be on the mound right now. They're just doing this to cautionary reasons. Yeah, yeah. So, next. Um, so, I want to talk about this because me and my buddy were having a discussion. Do you know who Big Al is? <laughs> I hate dangers. <laughs> Hi, my name is Alfred D'Elia. Back home, they call me Big Al, and I hate dingers. I hate yeah. dingers. And then everybody behind him uh, was like, gone forever. <laughs> yeah. um, so he has been all over the place. And me and my buddy were talking about this. Obviously, the MLB is trying to reach a greater market because there's a lot of potential. They're just not that big of involvement nationwide. So when ESPN, which has a much bigger fan base than MLB, and there's like much more potential for new customers or whatever you want to call them. Um, they, they totally pounced on it. So since Big Al has been featured so much on ESPN, he has been all over social media. And I think it's really, really interesting to see this sort of tactic, but it's also a great example of how other people get drawn into the sport. Yeah. Well, they kind of have... Ugh, I'm sorry, Ben. I was totally phased out because I'm looking at Big Al right now. God, Dude, he's he is, a hoss. He's, he's a hoss. He is the face of uh, wherever he's New Jersey. He's the face of New Jersey right now. Here, I wonder if I can. And he does not lie. The, the man hits mammo tanks. Oh, he's um, a big dude. But this is, I just love, I love this about the College World Series. I mean, so the Little League World Series, my God. Um, it's just like, it's so much fun to watch 
it unfold. And there's just like so many different complex levels. Like my buddy plays summer ball, um, played summer ball for the Healdsburg Prune Packers this summer. Um, very good uh, summer ball team run by Johnny Gomes' little brother. Ooh, that's pretty cool. Fun fact, um, who uh, has some hilarious stories about the postseason legend that is Johnny Gomes. Um, but uh, he was saying that it literally, like, for those, my buddy was saying, for those guys right now that are that had that played the game in Williamsport, the Phillies and the Mets, it's literally like a college ball or like a summer league game for them. Because right now, the Mets are not in contention. Obviously, the Phillies are in contention. So they need to win games. But they go, they have to fly in the middle of the series to Williamstown. It's not far from, from Philadelphia, granted. Um, but they've got to fly to Williamstown or uh, Williamsport. And they get off the plane. They've got to interact with all the fans. There's, like, spotlights on the people that played in the Little League World Series. Um, and they just, like, I mean, like, the whole Mets staff went and sat in – um, the stands today with just like little kids, they're just like talking about, there were some of them in the booth talking about like pitch grips and stuff. And it's great, great marketability for the youth in the game of, in the sport of baseball. But I do think um, that for them, it's just like, they're just like so worn down by the end of it. Um, oh yeah, is, they got their butts kicked today. Mm-hmm. And that, and that was one of those things. Thing. Yeah, like, Reese Hoskins spent the whole day falling around Big L talking about how much he likes to hit dingers. Like, you're not <laughs> usually like, like JD Martin. There's a reason they pick like medium sized markets that are close, like sort of just average teams. Because, like, if you had like JD Martinez and Mookie Betts and like David Price pitching, they're not going to be like going around Chris Sale. They're not going to be going around doing that same stuff because they're like, like so committed to winning the ball game that like JD's going to be out there at night. He's going to get off the plane, literally go straight to the park and take batting practice because he's so focused on the swing. Like the whole thing is just like really, really weird. Uh, obviously, it's really good for the sport of baseball and it's great for these young kids to get to meet a lot of their idols. Um, but it's just like one of those bizarre situations. Yeah, I think the I, I, I like what, how they did it too. It was a big, you know, it's good for the kids too. Like, don't forget that. I remember being a part of that and, and whatnot, we didn't get all the way to the, to the Williamsport, but you know, we were playing big time teams, Tammy, Amy from Florida, you know, this stuff is cool. And it, I remember when we were playing this one uh, team out at Houston, it was um, Craig Biggio's team and his son was on the team, a total hoss. That stuff is just cool though. But when, when, and that's what baseball needs anyway, because at, at this point in time, baseball is on a real cusp of they can either become a powerhouse in, in the sports world or they can decline very quickly um, just due to uh, game length, uh, the interest in the game. There's no, like you said, marketable people really right now that you can do like the same in the NBA. So it's tough for the majors right now. And I also think they're probably going to have to somehow – bring their schedule down from 162 games, but that's just me. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely things that need to be fixed in order to make this. I think Rob Manfred is doing a great job though. Yeah. Uh huh. I think he's one of the best commit. I think he's the second best commissioner behind Adam Silver in the NBA. Yeah. Adam Silver is just like right now, just the NBA is so high flying that it's hard not to be good at his job. Exactly. Um, So so with that said, a little tidbit. 
uh, for since we're this is a Red Sox podcast. Uh, I think Jason Veritek is one of the only players to win a Little League World Series, win a College World Series, and also win uh, a major MLB World Series. Yep, I think that's right. I think there might be like one or two other guys. So, I don't know who they are, so, but it's a cool, cool fact. So big tech. Yeah. Um. So, again, we do this thing where we're like, oh, it'll be like, I know it should be that long, and then we go a while. Um, but this yeah. will probably do it for segment two. Or we'll do it for segment two. We'll be back with segment three. Um, a quick, quick preview uh, on the Indians series coming up, which will be an absolute banger. Um, so we'll catch you guys in a bit. It's over and over and over and over. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to segment three of episode number nine of Front Yard Sox. Let's preview the the uh, Indian series. Sam, what you got? Oh my God! Why do you do this to me? You always throw me off. You you come in this intro so hot, and then you just hand it off to me, the guy who's just unprepared. <laughs> um, you, I mean, I'm sure you'll be fine. Don't yeah, get no, I yeah. This is like one of those things where the teacher calls you out in class, and you kind of like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we got an awesome series coming up against the uh, Cleveland Indians. Uh, probably the only thing good in Cleveland anymore because LeBron has left and the Browns are still terrible and Cleveland is still a shithole. So, um, and the Indians have just been on like honestly the past couple of years have have been on this like quiet tear of just running the league like at least in the AL. Um, through injuries and through people leaving and whatnot. But this series, four games set with a, a potential uh, playoff matchup um, coming up. Uh, you got game one, Porcello and uh, Corey Kluber both looking for their 16th win. Corey Kluber is having an absolute hell of a year. Um, it might be even close up in the running for, for a sigh. I don't know what you think about that. I can give you his stats real quick if you want to hear them. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Corey Kluber this year has a 5.2 war, uh, 2.68 ERA. He has pitched 25 games, 168 innings, has 160 strikeouts, has a whip of .92. Um, let's see what else we – where else we, we're adjusted. Where am I at? Whip, whip. Uh, I don't know where I'm, I got lost. Either way, whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, has had an absolutely incredible season on on a team that is, you know, first in their division. Um, so it should be a good matchup. They're both looking for their 16th win. Porcello has been pitching lights out lately, and you hope to see him keep doing that because he is definitely going to be the third guy or maybe the second guy. Um, in this three-man rotation that they have been hinting at for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Corey's having a phenomenal year, but you take every stat of his and make it better, and that's Chris Sale's year. Yeah, exactly. But these DL stints are going to hurt his side. Oh, yeah. Um, w- without a doubt, but I think, too, he misses two, three starts. It's not going to be that big of a deal if he comes back and deals in September. Um, but – it, it, this will be a big test on both ends of the ball for the Red Sox. 
Oh, no. Solo throwing, again, trying to establish himself against another playoff team. He did really well last time out against the Yankees. And then you're going to have the Red Sox offense, seeing if they can hit up a guy who is clearly a Cy Young candidate. So that should be interesting. And, and the Indians, they can hit the lights out of the freaking ball too. So it's going to be a really good um, measure-up test for our bullpen too. Yeah, absolutely. So, so um, game, you know, game two, Evaldi really looking to get back on track. He hasn't been the same Evaldi we've seen. We saw in the first two starts in the last two. Um, I mean, you can tell pretty early on the stuff that he has. Um, and you sort of hope it's the Evaldi from the first two starts. I don't really think it's that big of a deal. Like if we don't have a guy of the same caliber when he, when he comes out, but it's like if he's finding the strike zone and he's getting swings and misses with his cutter, then you know it's going to be a good night. And if he's not, then he's not. And hopefully he goes six innings, gives up a couple of runs. You just don't want that same three and two-thirds, seven runs, nine hits kind of thing. Yeah, and either way, um, yeah, I think Eovaldi will be just fine. Um, but he, it's not, he's, not, he's going to the bullpen, which is going to be great for him. So he can – and, and the, here's how it's going to be great for him. I can see Eovaldi, and I don't know if this is just me. This is just kind of me speaking out my ass, but I can really see Eovaldi being a seventh inning guy. Yeah, his stuff so lights out that absolutely. It'll just he, see him Him and Erod down the stretch will really decide where they stand and, like, who goes to the bullpen, who pitches. Um and it's it's nice to have that flexibility for sure. Yeah, and if Holdy can throw a hundred miles an hour, which is just anybody who does this like incredible. But we have Kimbrel can throw a hundred, Kelly can throw a hundred, Sale can throw a hundred, Evaldi can throw a hundred. Kimbrel uh, can throw a hundred. Matt Barnes can throw a hundred. Who else? Can Brazier? Brazier? No. Brazier's like ninety eight. Yeah, he's close. So we have some really gas guys in our in our bullpen. That's, and I know we've. I think that everybody kind of jumped the gun on this bullpen and harked on them because they had kind of had a bad month last month. Um, mm-hmm. or not even a bad month, like a bad couple of weeks. And that's just kind of we expect greatness. But I think come playoff time, it's going to show that the Red Sox really um, probably do have the best bullpen in the entire, the entire league. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm saying it. But they're not talked about. You know, people talk about everybody else's bullpen – Besides the Red Sox, they forget we have Kimbrell, who is one of the best closers, um, you know, the game has seen, the Red Sox have seen, besides, you know, uh, what's his face? Um, who, when's, who's the last guy we had? Why, why can't I remember his name right now? Papelbon. Papelbon, yes. Papelbon. Dad. Oh, what? Papelbon was all-time great. Uh, Papel, Papel Dad. I said. Oh, they said Papel Bad. I was like, what mm. are you talking about? Um and you have guys like – and I know you don't like Keith Embry, and sometimes I, I don't like him either, but these past couple of outings have really changed my mind. That dude can really throw the ball. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So uh, I think Eovaldi will be fine game two. Uh, we got to just, I guess, not pitch to Jose Ramirez at all because that dude can, just doesn't stop hitting the ball ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, game three, another start from the one and only – 
Brian Johnson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So hopefully, I think Brian, I, I like the starts he's been having, um, but I kind of want to see him take the next step and not have that bad ending. I want to see him go six, seven strong uh, without any major hiccups. Yeah. Because right now he's having that bad inning where he'll throw like 30 pitches and his pitch count just gets way up there and he can't really do much about it. And sometimes he has uh, – there was a couple today, the long at-bats, that got around 3-2 and he just really couldn't put them out. So I want to see him take the next step and be able to punch some guys out um, and also make quick work. For for the most part, uh, on was it Thursday or Friday? Oh, the Wednesday. Oh yeah, you know Friday. What? Friday, yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, whatever. On Friday after that first inning, he was destroying that lineup. So I think he'll have a good uh, good bounce back game. Uh, on the other side of the bump, Carlos Carrasco, who's having an awesome year too. Mm-hmm. Um, which the Indians are throwing their 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 pitchers at us like this is going to be i'm telling you this series is going to be so fun like this this series is not being talked about enough like, yeah i I, mean, I I completely agree but i think too um we're very very fortunate not to have to face trevor bauer who's having a cy young candidate season as well but is now on the dl for what seems to be a couple weeks with a stress fact for stress fracture in his leg yeah but they don't have to face chris sale either so they can mm-hmm. suck it but this is this. Oh my god! I'm actually. I'm. I'm just now thinking about it. This. This is gonna be. This is gonna be a huge series. This is gonna be yeah. a huge, 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 huge series, and hopefully we take three out of four. You know, a split would kind of be, eh. But right now, with, I don't know, that their lineup just can hit the freaking lights out of the ball. Yeah. Exactly. So, I I'm kind of with you. You look for three. This is this is sort of feels like the the Yankees series a little bit. Obviously, there's not as much on the line. Um, but you would just like to see the Red Sox go out there and continue their dominance against good teams, um, a dominance against everybody. In fact, um, so is Terry, Terry Francona still the manager? Oh yeah. Oh man, I love Terry Francona. Yeah, I mean, he won two World Series with the Red Sox. I mean, yeah, you, you kind of, yeah, exactly. The dude chews so much bubblegum, it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, his, his thing, he goes, apparently it's uh, Red Man, bubblegum, and then he puts, like, Jim, he drops Jim Bean into it. Oh, all at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, a, just an old school dude. Bro, he's awesome. Um, yeah. So, game four, is this game going to be on ESPN? Are any of these games going to be on ESPN? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure at least two of the four will be nationally televised. Hopefully uh, it's a price game. Yeah, it doesn't matter for us because we just watch our games. We just watch the games illegally. Shout out Bill of Sport or whatever it is. Yeah, um, shout out Reddit. Shout out all the pirating going yeah, on. I mean, Reddit's, Reddit's just the plug for everything sports. Yeah. If you want to watch a live stream, great HD game, and also get a virus at the same time, go to Reddit. They'll yeah. get you hooked up. They'll destroy your computer, but you can watch all the Sox game this year. Just plan on getting a new computer at the end of the year. That's the one thing I was thinking about. When I get my own place after school, I don't think I'm going to need to buy cable or anything like that. As long as you have internet and Netflix, you can watch pretty much anything you want. Oh, facts. Uh, hey, right now, I, I don't have cable. I used to pay for cable, bro. Screw that. I have yeah. Wi-Fi and I have you know, my utility bills that I have, 
that's it because I got my PlayStation and I got my laptop with an HDMI cord and a big old 60-inch TV, and that's Perfect. all you need because Plug. I don't freaking watch, you know, The View or Jersey Shore or any of that crap. I literally watch – I wake up, I watch – the terrible show of first take and their awful takes that are just BS. And then once noon time rolls around, there's usually a game on and that's the rest of my day. Yeah. yeah. So that's a little tangent, but whatever game four, our boy, the dark horse, Davey, dark horse, right? Dave, baby, okay, dark horse, yeah, Dave, dark horse, Dave on the mound. Uh, and this is going to be, cause everyone's like, well, he's winning against like, bad teams and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, you still haven't like looked at his stats or his game log or the teams he's actually faced whatsoever, but this will be a great test for him. Um, people are a little upset with him right now because of the way he answered that question, but what is he going to do? Like give a full on scouting report uh, to this guy. Like, what do you expect him to say? Like, I, I, I just, I don't know what that guy expected David Price to say. Like I've been working harder. That's it. I don't know. Yeah, uh, you, I mean, you're not going to, like, tip your, your success. It's just like, yeah, just making my pitches, uh, throwing well, making sure I'm fresh for every start. It's like that, – that's the thing is there's just, like – core is really good at sort of eliminating that curtain of um, – that sort of curtain in front of Major League Ball Clubs because he's pretty open with the media. But at the same time, why are you going to go out there and be um, completely open about your success because then people are just going to mimic it. Clearly, you're doing something right. You don't need to tell everyone else about it. Yeah, like – so, so David Price got asked, what are you doing differently? Or, you know, Justin said, made you so good lately. And he's just like, I made adjustments. And they're like, well, what kind of adjustments? What is he going to say? Oh, well, we looked at our spin rate and I decided I need to start painting our cutter around on the outside part of the play when I'm facing uh, right-handed pitchers and blah, 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 blah. Like, what is he going to – he can't do that. Like, the, what you've got to let the other team go study like J.D. Martinez does. Like, they got to do their film watching. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with that said, I think that does it for us here. Do you have any closing yeah. thoughts? How's the garage? Uh, it's, I'm actually walking down my stairs right now. I'm going to go grab oh. some water. <laughs> did, you, did you hear the echo going on? Yeah, I was like, oh, this dude just stepped into his garage. Um, yeah, so I think that does it. My room actually is like pretty good for recording. Obviously, mine isn't as good because I think my microphone and my headphones isn't phenomenal. Um, but, but, you know, we're getting better. Like, every – this I, – I, me and Ben have talked about this, but we're aiming to give you all the best possible um, production that we can. And as college students um, who don't have a lot of money and don't – we're using an, an application with our headphones and we're not sitting in front of microphones and have full-on great editing software, we're, we're doing our best. And I think we're getting better every single every single episode. Yeah, I completely agree. Ben, um, ben killed the edits on the last one. It was awesome. Well, I just just trying to toss a tribute to someone that I didn't listen to, but I have an immense amount of respect for her influence in the music industry, um, and also for so many other artists um, and young singers and stuff. Um, so shout out Aretha Franklin, um, mm -hmm. R.I.P. Um, obviously, you don't like to see someone um, of that caliber pass away um but i think that everyone was very grateful for her um and uh was appreciating her um as as she moved on um to a different place 
Um, and the, the most we could do was just give her a little tribute. Um, yeah. That said, and that song bangs too. R-E-S-B-C-T. I saw it. It was, it was hilarious. There was um some newscaster was uh was like, man, like we miss Aretha Franklin and we will always remember R E S P I C T respect. Oh no. Everyone was just no. like, oh buddy. Oh buddy. <laughs> so I think that that kind of wraps up. This will hopefully be out so you can go listen to on the way to your terrible jobs on Monday. Um, and, and other than that, I, the only thing I can end on is just hoping that doll back gets to the leaks and we need them. Okay. We need to stop ending it with that. Um, this I'm back to school Thursday, which will be, um, so they be out on Friday. Oh, you're um, cutting out on me, Ben. Oh, do you yeah, hear I me? Hear you better now. Say what you just said again. Okay. Cause it was kind of shaky. Um, yeah, I mean, the next podcast I record will be on the East Coast. I'm very excited to go back to school. Really looking forward to it. Um, I'll be back on Thursday. So we'll probably have the next podcast after this one. Um, number 10 will be out on Friday following the uh, culmination, culmination of the Indian series. Yeah. And me and Ben, since he's going up there, I'll be down there in October. We'll definitely link up. Maybe we'll do a podcast in person. We'll kind of have to. It'll be the playoffs. So... We'll figure yeah. something out. Absolutely. Yeah. Wild. So, anything else? No, that's it. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode number nine of oh, Front yeah, Yard go Socks, presented us, by We the People Sports. Yeah, go follow us on social media at Front Yard Socks WTP. Um, and thanks again for tuning in. Yeah, man. Sam, hey, have a good night, bro. I'll Yo, catch man. you. Catch you yeah, later. Yeah, we you too. screwed that up. <laughs> yeah, yep, go, go Socks. socks. Back to the days I learned how to make a rap Bumping Eminem had me cussing hell and sound wow. Young and stupid as hell Some W's and some L's Running and moving with hella dudes that was soon up in jail 3-6 and nicotine up with kings Yo, I used to have that Paul Wall and Nelly song as my ringtone Finish up on my cover Printing up like a hundred Dipping out of the kinkos We ever pay, I don't think so Growing up forever young and thinking nothing ends No haters left to me, dog. I just miss my fucking friends I used to trip out and think like What if you listen to me? What type of person Lil Quincy would be Now I'm sniffing and seeing women that seem to be Chasing after the man that I am But they're just trying to poison a rapper I love Manhattan but realize I got no choice in the matter Woo! Your boy's back in Seattle I'm about to fuck shit up Hop in my plane You know damn well why we came I might have been away But I made it back all the same Feels good to be Friday.
Friday and I'm cooked like a fried steak and my eyes are looking like fried eggs vibrate I'm late again and my band's mad eyes roll brain farts face melts hand smack Walt flowers off of vandals I'm handling all my business in bed and finishing text to all seven misses I met while sipping bev bridges cooler than ten fridges I bet well my eyes are hanging lower than net net misses if you don't get it don't listen no 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 I'm joking I'm joking I'm kidding I'm kidding this shit for everybody never been here dreaming of profit I'm pulling things in my noggin don't need a theme or a topic I'm leaning to rock and stop feeding for more women and cheddar and chips look around you there's nothing better than this it took a minute to get it but now I feel I got the fact of the matter your boy's back in Seattle I'm about to fuck shit up hop in my plane you know damn well why we